Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Leah and I are happy to introduce you to Single Tracks' new staff writer, Matt Miller. I'm giving him a round of applause. <laughs> yeah. Hello. So Matt lives in Golden, Colorado, and he recently joined Single Tracks as a full-time staff writer. So just this past May, he graduated from Metro State University in Denver with a degree in journalism, which is pretty helpful for a mountain bike website like Single Tracks. So yeah, we're stoked to have Matt on board. Today, we're going to talk to Matt, get to know him a little bit better, introduce him to you, our audience, um, and then also talk about some of the other stuff that's going on here at Single Tracks this summer and looking forward. So, Matt, tell us, when did you start mountain biking? Let's put a date on it. It was summer 2012, so six or seven years now. So, comparatively, not a super long time. My buddy, he got a mountain bike. He had just got out of the Navy, and I had been out of the military for a year or two also and um yeah i don't know i just didn't really have any any hobbies and so my buddy got a bike and i thought it was like the coolest coolest bike i'd ever seen and so yeah i went and got a bike also nice well were you into like other outdoor stuff before that or was mountain biking sort of your first thing a little bit yeah i mean i was just looking for hobbies when i got out of the military and so like i snowshoed a little bit and hiked but didn't really have anything i did like consistently so yeah, once my buddy got his bike and then I wanted one. So I got this like, it was like a 98, like Schwinn Mesa for like 140 bucks off of Craigslist. <laughs> Old school. And yet you still stuck with it. Like most people would ride a bike like that and be like, this is not fun. Yeah, no, I almost quit a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and so what bike did you end up getting? I'm sure, or are you still riding the Mesa? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, actually I hung on to that one for a while as a commuter bike. Um, she's a fun little hardtail. I ended up like putting a bigger fork on it when I had it and fatter tires and uh, it was a fun little hardtail. So that was like summer 2012. I bought that. And then that winter, my same buddy, he went and bought a full suspension bike and I went over to his apartment and saw it. And I was like, Okay, now that's the coolest bike I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, so I had a motorcycle at the time. I don't know, I just wasn't riding it much. And I sold my motorcycle and I took like third of whatever I made from that because mountain bikes are expensive. And I went and bought a 2011 Rocky Mountain Slayer full suspension. And I was just so stoked on buying it. Like at the time, I didn't even realize that it was an extra small frame and I didn't even care. <laughs> Whoa. Um, so it was way, way too small for me, but yeah, it didn't matter. It was just fun to be on it. That following summer, 2013, uh, my buddy and I went out to Moab and that was just like the perfect place to ride like a full suspension mountain bike and get like a little bit of taste of, of that freedom of being on a mountain bike. Cool. Yeah. You didn't waste any time. You're just like, there's a bike. I'm going to get it. I'm going to go to like the best destination for mountain biking. <laughs> yeah. Hey, jumped right in. <laughs> going for yeah. it. Awesome. Right. 
And now you're riding a Gorilla Gravity bike, right? Yep, the Mega Trail. So I got that two years ago now. After like years of riding my extra small frame bike and being like, oh, <laughs> I bet if I got some that fit me, maybe it would be more comfortable <laughs> and a little bit faster. And so yeah, I've been been riding that one a lot, and yeah, I love it. It's, it's definitely a bike for me. Yeah, so that's like a longer travel enduro-y all mountain bike. How would you describe your riding style? You know, I'd say for like the most part, it, it probably matches the bike because I'm not a great climber. But I, you know, I like to go downhill fast or at least as fast as I can. And so, yeah, no, like when I started, that was just me and my buddy always had uh, had fun trying to see if we could get down technical parts and rocky stuff, and we couldn't do it fast but we would just try and get through it. And so now I try and get through it a little bit faster. And I'm also spending more time on my climbing and finally trying to get my legs and lungs to match descending capability. So that's the next goal. Yeah, I think that's a challenge for a lot of people. So you ride a lot of park, right? I mean, you, you're like a season pass kind of guy at, at the resorts there in Colorado. Yeah, I've been doing it for a few years. Yeah, it's probably third year um, I bought a pass. I think a few years ago, I bought one for Trestle Bike Park, Winter Park, and that place is super fun. And then the past two years, I've just done the Mountain Bike Parks Pass, which is like you get a free, well, not a free, you pay for it, but you get a comp lift ticket at basically most any bike park around the country um, and then discounts after that. So now instead of just going to Winter Park, I can go to, you know, all over the place. I can go to Angel Fire this weekend and yeah, Keystone and all that when it opens up too. Yeah. Do you, I mean, how do you tend to use that? Do you try to check out a new place every time or do you find yourself going back to some of the other ones and just, you know, paying your discounted rate? I like going to different places. Like I said, like Winter Park's super fun. The trails are fast and flowy and everything. And it's a great time, but I feel like going to other parks and riding down different terrain is like, will actually get me to progress a little bit and not ever get used to just riding one trail. So I like to go to a mall and that's why I, I kind of like this pass because, yeah, I mean, you can go all over the state or region really and um, try other bike parks. Cool. Well, I'm curious, Matt, um, what came first, the writing or the writing? Because I, I Googled you, of course, because, you know, <laughs> yeah. bef- before we bring anyone on board, and really, there's just a lot of members out there. I just Googled their name. <laughs> yeah, every just time you kidding, submit a kidding. support request, yes, um, we check yeah, you out. Yeah, we check just you kidding. out. Just kidding. No, but I saw that you had written some previous articles for, like, Velo News, a couple of other publications. So um, tell us about how you kind of mashed up writing with a T and writing with a D. Mountain biking definitely came first. You know, I was going to college and I got out of the military. Um, I finished with a degree in psychology first and working in the alcohol and drug use treatment field, which is a great field. People need people to work in that field, um, but you do get burnt out pretty quickly. So, you know, in between clients and stuff, I'd be reading a lot of content or at home, I'd be reading mountain bike magazines or online, looking at mountain bike content, photography and stuff. I was really interested in going to law school at the time, took my LSAT and got accepted and then really just kind of had to take a hard look and decide if I wanted to spend like $100,000, $150,000 on law school. And the answer was no. <laughs> you could buy a lot. lot of bikes for that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, there's just there's a few riders that I was really 
inspired by, I guess, um, you know, and they're outdoor writers and just reading a lot of like books like Cheryl Strait, Wild, uh, and Edward Abbey, Desert Solitary, stuff like that, that yeah. like really just captivated my interest in the outdoors and um, inspired me. This other guy, Brandon Leonard, he's a outdoor writer that I follow and read a lot of. His stuff is all super inspiring to me and was just like, you know, if, you, if you're out there writing enough, like eventually something will come out of it. And so, yeah, no, I just wanted to start writing at one point. And so me and my buddy went and rode the Black Canyon Trail in Arizona and we tried to do the whole thing one day and it turned into a disaster. But um, that was like the first blog I wrote about and I used my girlfriend's Canon Rebel and took a bunch of really bad photos and they wrote like a pretty bad story, but it was fun. <laughs> and I had fun doing <laughs> it. So I kept writing these little blogs. And I was like, I don't know, this would be cool if I could do it. Like, and it wasn't so bad. And, um, <laughs> you know, I was trying to decide between law school and I ended up looking at a journalism program and was thinking, you know, I, I can't really decide on much, but if I decide on journalism, then I can sort of write about whatever I want. And so, yeah, I ended up going back to Metro State to get another undergrad degree in journalism. And yeah, just started writing, writing more, writing for the campus newspaper, still doing my own kind of blogs and like personal writing. Yeah. And then just covering, covering different mountain bike events and races and things like that for the campus newspaper and just for classes. And then like a couple of freelance articles I did for some um, local papers and stuff here. And yeah, just, just. I kept progressing with that. Cool. Yeah, definitely. I love stories like yours about kind of starting something and wanting to improve and kind of just following your passion. I think that's really awesome that you continued that. Um, And so what kind of stories did you write for Velo News specifically? When I got there, um, I was was looking for an internship and, you know, I had a couple places in mind. Eventually, I found Bella News. I wasn't a big reader beforehand. They cover a lot of pro road cycling stuff. <gasps> oh no! Um, did you? Yeah. Did you? Did you have to ride a road bike? <laughs> did they force you? No. What did they make did you, you do there? <laughs> oh my gosh! Did they put spandex on you? <laughs> they didn't force me at all. It all ended up coming to me a little bit naturally, somewhat, somewhat naturally. But yeah, so I, I did end up writing about some pro road bike stuff and. You know, they're really devoted to the whole pro road cycling thing and they like to cover mountain bikes. It's just most of their energy is so devoted to road cycling that once I was interning there, my supervisor editor there was like, hey, you should cover some mountain bike stuff for us. And I was pretty happy about that. So it was, you know, kind of the crossover there is their audience is into road cycling. And so the mountain bike side, they're into World Cup cross country and cyclocross and um, stuff like that. So ended up covering some World Cup XC stuff, or at least writing about it, interviewing some athletes for that. And then, yeah, I did some stuff on fitness and cycling. A little story about, it was kind of a big story about Alchemy, their boutique brand based in Denver. They're probably more so known for their like hand-built bikes and road bikes and gravel bikes and stuff like that, but they just started an enduro team. And so I did a story on how they got that started. So yeah, I actually ended up covering a lot more mountain bike stuff than I thought I would over there. Yeah, the things that I read of yours really stood out because, yeah, like sort of your investigative journalism approach and interviewing people and like getting to the bottom of the story. And I think that's really cool. And then your photography as well. You know, that's, 
you know, for our listeners, you're going to need to go on single tracks and keep up with us and, and see the stuff that Matt's posting. But Matt is an excellent photographer as well. And you photographed, did you go to Red Bull Rampage? Was that one of the events you, you photographed? Yeah. So yeah, again, for the campus newspaper, uh, my girlfriend and I went out there in October and I don't know, we weren't really expecting to even get approved for a media pass, but like, yeah, I went on Red Bull and filled out a uh, request for a media pass and they got back to us and were like, you're approved. And we we're like, what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hey, it's that easy. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, pitched it to one of the guys at the campus newspaper and they're like, well, yeah, sure. And, uh, <laughs> so we went out there and yeah, the whole, whole experience is just crazy. Yeah. It's just any photographer's dream to go out there and shoot some of these guys. Cause it's every year it's just mountain bike history that you're watching. And there's just an insane amount of possible photos you can take. Yeah. And then, you know, we did a story on that and interviewed some, some some of the riders, uh, Carson Storch and Pierre Free, French rider, talked to old Brett Tippy about his his take on Rampage that year, and uh, it, was, it was a really cool event, um, pretty amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that kind of photography too, in in my experience, is the most difficult. You know, the, these guys are moving at high speeds and like getting the lighting and everything right is so hard. And yeah, the stuff that that you're able to do is really really awesome yeah thanks jeff yeah it's a fast moving event for sure <laughs> yeah we mentioned you're in golden colorado how long have you lived in the state been in colorado family and i moved here and i don't know i was like 12 or something i think it was in 2000 so i grew up in northern colorado fort collins loveland area and then moved down to denver after i got out of the military um, that was 2011 and so yeah i've just been in the Denver area since then and moved to Golden last year. Nice. So you mentioned, you know, some of the parks that you like to ride. What are some of your other favorite places to ride in Colorado that maybe are a little more pedally? Well, yeah, anywhere in Golden, you're starting with a pretty bad climb no matter what. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm pretty fortunate. I live near one of my favorite trails, Apex. Um, so I ride that a bit just because it's so close and so fun. Outside of that in Colorado, I've ridden some single track in Winter Park that's been pretty awesome. Yeah, there's a couple of trails up near Keystone and A-Basin area that I really like, Just uh, but you can only ride them you know, two or three months out of the summer. So it's you're on kind of a pinch when summer hits to actually get up there and ride it. Yeah. Yeah, any of that high single track stuff is is awesome. Yeah. Do you have any like bucket list rides that you still want to check out in Colorado? Haven't had a chance to get to yet. Yeah. Yeah. Way too many. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've never been down to like Durango or Telluride, uh, never been Vail. Really haven't done any riding in Colorado Springs, which is weird because it's, it's a pretty close one. I mean, you guys could probably recommend some rides for me there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Lee and I lived in Colorado Springs for three or four years and riding there is excellent for sure. Yep, sounds like you're probably going to have a pretty busy summer mountain biking for your job, Matt. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's a, it's a tough yeah, job. It's, it's pretty awesome. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> well, um, so bucket list of places to ride, pretty much the southern part of Colorado, right? All the extra yeah. stuff in Colorado. And what about bucket list for bikes? Um, you know, perhaps there are some brands listening, so... 
what kind of bikes do you want to test ride and review for us this year, Matt? I want to get on that new Kona process because it's a pretty gorgeous bike. Yeah, and it looks it just looks pretty and like really fast at the same time. I know you guys reviewed the Rocky Mountain Slayer already, but yeah, any of Rocky's lineup. Yeah, because I I had two Rocky Mountain Slayers before, and so oh yeah, just a fan of fan of their bikes. The Rocky Mountain Thunderbolt. That's one I saw recently with their fancy switcheroo geometry. Yeah, um, yeah. That they have. That'd be a cool one. Truck Slash, that looks like a fun bike. It's just a big bruiser, it looks like. That new Stump Jumper, I would not mind riding that at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got dibs on the first Stump Jumper, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually had Matt down here to Georgia a few weeks ago, and he got to ride the Cannondale Scalpel, I believe it's the SI model. SE2. SE2, right, which is, you know, the Scalpel is like a cross-country bike, but this Scalpel version is more of a trail bike with uh, some extra travel. So, yeah, Matt got to ride it on a couple of rides. One really weird ride, which maybe we can we can talk about. But <laughs> Weird? Guys, yeah. what were you doing? A weird ride. But, yeah, Matt's going to be um, doing a longer-term test on that bike in Colorado. So we're going to ship it out there to him uh, for some more long-term testing. So, Matt, we talked about trails. We talked about bikes. What are some of the other topics you're excited about working on? Or, or are there any stories uh, that you're following right now that you think are interesting? Yeah, there's some trail stuff going on in, in Idaho Springs, some new trails they're talking about building that I would like to find out more about. Idaho Springs is kind of a big stop off of I-70, usually on the way to or from ski resorts. They like, yeah, the Bojo's there and little breweries that usually people stop and eat at, but they just got a bunch of funding to build some new trails there. So Cool. Yeah, it sounds like they're, you know, some of them are going to be directional from what I've heard which is a big deal for Colorado single track. Wanting to find out a little bit more about that. Yeah, more, you know, slightly investigative stuff about not like digging up dirt, but like, (laughs) you know, trying to find what goes into like mountain bike geometry and, um, you know, some more more topics that will stay on the enduro subject, but uh, a little bit about like racing in the grand scheme of things and where enduro fits in the mountain bike scene overall. Yeah, I think we talked about, you know, maybe doing a story on bike branding and kind of seeing how how people put uh, their brands together to project this image that uh, that the companies have. I think we're really excited too to explore some of these topics that yeah, we haven't really covered in the past, you know, racing a little bit and enduro for sure. Uh, those are those are big topics in the industry and in the mountain bike world and yeah, we're excited to get your take on it. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely excited about it. Cool. So let's talk summer plans. So by the time you hear this podcast, I think Lee and I will already be back from Sea Otter Europe, but we're heading to Girona, Spain for the second annual Sea Otter Europe. Um, Sea Otter, you know, is the big mountain bike festival that takes place in California each year. It's been going on for a couple of decades now, I think. Um, But they, last year, launched a version of Sea Otter called Sea Otter Europe, and we're going to be there. Single Tracks is an official media sponsor, so Leah and I will be out there representing Single Tracks and also hopefully demoing a bunch of 
weird European brands <laughs> that we don't get to <laughs> we don't get to try here. Yeah, I hope they're not weird. I heard they were pretty rad. I mean, weird as an in innovative, you know, <laughs> brands that yeah, things we haven't seen before. So I'm excited about that. Uh, for sure. And then what else we have? Matt is going to a super secret product launch out in Idaho. I don't know if we're supposed to say any more than that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it sounds like it's, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a good time. It's uh, where, where's the event being held? Silver Mountain Bike Park. So yeah. Um, yeah. going to go test some new product. Uh, at the bike park there, which I'm not going to complain about. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, have you been to Idaho before to mountain bike? No, um, my girlfriend and I took a trip to BC last year, and we drove through it. And we we're actually thinking about stopping at Silver Mountain to ride, uh, but it just didn't fit in our our itinerary. Yeah, I know how that goes. So I'm actually also heading to Idaho uh, this month in June for another media event where there's going to be a bunch of different brands there and we're going to be learning about new product and testing some of them uh, at Sun Valley at the resort there, I believe. So that'll be exciting and stay tuned to uh, any news from that. And then we've also got a number of our freelance writers who are taking some trips this summer. Let's see, we've got Maureen is going to Grand Targhee, I think, Maureen Gaffney, um, to learn about the resort there. And then we've also got uh, my friend Chris is going to Killington Mountain Resort in Vermont uh, to learn about the resort there. And also Chris is uh, was hand-selected for this trip because he has never been downhill mountain biking before. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. He's a, you know, he's a good cross country trail rider um, that I used to ride with regularly here in Atlanta. He's since moved uh, to the Northeast, but um, yeah, we're going to put him through the downhill instruction there at Killington and uh, see what he thinks about it. See what he's able to learn in a short period of time from their instructors there should be really cool. And then uh, we've also got uh, my friend Patrick is going to Roanoke, Virginia, and is going to learn about the mountain bike scene there, uh, the Blue Ridge Mountain area. Roanoke was just recently uh, awarded an IMBA Silver Level Ride Center designation, and that's the first Silver Level Ride Center on the East Coast. So... It'll be really interesting to see how Roanoke uh, distinguishes itself from the other two ride centers already in Virginia. Um, one is Harrisonburg, I think, and I'm blanking on what the other one is. But oh, Richmond, uh, which yeah. is kind of unusual because it's it's a large city and not right in the mountains. So anyway, yeah, we're excited to hear about these destinations and to you know, see what the riding is like outside of our own local trails. And one final programming note, we've had some people who maybe missed an episode or two here or there and ask, what happened to Aaron? And what happened to Greg? What's, where are those guys at? So just to keep everybody up to date, you know, we brought Matt on board uh, because Aaron left single tracks uh, back in February, actually, which seems like it was just yesterday, but it was many episodes ago. Aaron returned to Maxis. Uh, where he was before he was at Single Tracks. So 
Um, definitely are going to miss Aaron, uh, but we're definitely still in touch with him and working with him in his new role at Maxis. And then Greg also left as well uh, in April, I believe. So some changes here at Single Tracks, but we're stoked to have Matt on board and joining us for the podcast. And we're excited uh, to bring more interview style episodes to the Single Tracks podcast. So hopefully you caught the previous episode where we talked to Charlie Kelly, one of the original mountain bikers and We're hoping to line up a lot more interviews with pro riders and other mountain bike pioneers like Charlie Kelly, people in the industry. Um, So definitely stay tuned this summer and fall. Well, that's all we've got this week. Remember, if you want to get the latest from Singletracks, there are so many ways you can follow us. Of course, you can subscribe to this podcast, but you can also get on our email list, which crazy. People actually send us emails and tell us how much they love our email newsletter. Which is weird. Because it's awesome. Right. But it's a newsletter and people are always like, this is spam. I'm tired of getting this. But we literally, people reply and say, I love getting the newsletter. So seriously, it's only the best stuff that we put in there once a week, the best articles, the most interesting and important news that you want to keep track of. So sign up for the email list. You can follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. Just look for single tracks. And if you want to send an email to Matt with all the topics you want him to write about, here it comes, Matt. Yeah. So definitely reach out, guys. Reach out on social media or email. We want to answer your questions. So yeah. where are they here for you? Yeah. And give, give Matt a good welcome. Don't just ask him for stuff. <laughs> Tell him you're happy that he's here. So yeah, all of us, anytime you can reach us, uh, our email address, I'm Jeff at singletracks.com. Leah is Leah at singletracks.com and Matt is, you guessed it, Matt at singletracks.com. So drop us an email anytime. Let us know you're enjoying the podcast. And then after that, then you can request something. You can tell us what we should fix, but (laughs) (laughs) we appreciate any compliments we get. All right, that's it. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.